Welcome, dear listeners, to another Geeking on Sportscast. It's it's fun to be back. We've it's been a little while since we last did a pod. Alex, thank you for being here. Ayo. Ayo, indeed. And we're going to have Olivier coming on for the Habs section of this pod later on. Um, yeah, I mean, before we get into the Habs and Leafs, I mean, we got to talk about the Jets and Oilers. Like, what in God's name happened here? Jets, for all of our, you know, fellow fans living under a rock or whatever it may be jets actually sweeped the m they swept is it sweep swept they swept, swept the swept. edmonton oilers yeah. four games to none <laughs> i mean like what, what goes through your mind i mean obviously as a jets fan i'm i'm overjoyed i mean at the same time i don't think any jets fan that is not insane uh, would have told you that they would have won the series in four games in a sweep. I, n- no one picked it. Um, they were heavy, I, I, considerable underdogs. I don't know, heavy might be a bit too strong a word, but they were underdogs for sure. People were definitely pinning the, you know, Connor McDavid dry subtle effect, and that was going to beat the, you know, Jets and that the defense wouldn't be good enough. And that, you know, Oilers were coming in seven and two in the like regular season. So, I mean, this is a complete turnaround. Yeah, the thing is, the Jets had lost seven in a row. I think they're lot. I think kind of from game ten to about game four, or something like that. But they ended the season three and one, and Hellebuck had two shutouts in his last three games. I think. And Maurice talked about how they tried to go back to kind of playing defensive hockey, and it at first didn't lead to a lot of wins. Clearly, they went on a seven-game losing streak. But at the end of the season, they had a little bit of a nice stretch where they played good hockey, played good defensively as well, which was not the case for most of the season. And I think that just came into the playoffs. And I think a lot of pundits have been talking about this after kind of the aftermath of the Oilers getting swept. But when you have a lot of guys that have been through the grind, have been through playoff series, you kind of know how to win. And for the Oilers, they haven't really been in the playoffs for four years. I guess they were in the bubble last year and that went horribly. Yeah. So, but not a true kind of playoff experience because it was only best of five. Jets made it the deep run. A lot of the same teams still there. Uh, And they also have a lot more veteran presence, I would say probably. Yeah, for sure. So um, we are being joined by Olivier. So he'll come on the, on the pod, but uh, join momentarily. Yeah, exactly. But it just, it's just awesome as a Jets fan that they won that convincingly and get the boys rested up. And I think, I mean, if you want to do the whole McDavid dry sidle, what does this all mean, Kieran, but, or how you <laughs> thought about the Oilers in the series, but I think the Jets played really good hockey. And I mean, they may, maybe the games, they didn't fully deserve to be sweep the Oilers, but I definitely think they were the better team and deserved to win the the series. I mean that that four one comeback, like that was absolute depresso mode for <laughs> any Oilers fan. I mean, you know, Jadjo here, he's an Edmonton Oilers fan. Like, I mean, all three, like I think it was like four of us watching the game. It was just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, how do you let go a four one lead? And again, yeah, like, oh, I was just gonna say. It started with the Josh Archibald hit on, on Stanley, and they had been going at it for, you know, in the series before that. And just a really undisciplined play when, you know, I truthfully thought the game was over. I was still watching, but I thought it was over. And 
you get one quick goal in the playoffs and and I mean most of this team wasn't on the team in 2017 other than McDavid, Drysaitel, maybe I think Nurse and Larson, but but that team collapsed 3-0 against the Ducks with like three minutes left in in that game five. So I I mean I don't want to pin this all on McDavid and Drysaitel. They weren't on for most of those goals other than one, but. Uh, yeah, just and you can just see how momentum in the playoffs can go like that, especially if you're a team that's really, you know, battle hardened. And the Jets came back and a lot of had a lot of comebacks this year, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of a good sign. Is in the playoffs, you in a weird way you need to be mentally prepared. I would say, kind of making a comparison, it's not exactly the same, but this kind of reminds me of the Columbus versus Tampa from 2019, where I mean, obviously. I think Tampa was even a bigger favorite, but if you don't have that much adversity throughout the the year, and I, I don't really think Edmonton did other than a couple kind of bad spells, it doesn't really prepare you for the playoffs. And the Jets had been coming in hurting really, you know, you know, in a lot of adversity after that seven game losing streak. And they had kind of come over the hill to end the season. And, you know, you could kind of just see the the Oilers, they just get deflated very easily. And uh, and that's obviously exemplified with the, the way they lost that game in game three and then even losing uh, game four in the way they did. But uh, uh, just absolutely amazing. Three overtime goals as a Jets fan is just you, you can't get anything. It can't beat that, especially a, a triple overtime winner. It'll be interesting to see who they play for the next round. Now, uh, I mean – when we look at this Edmonton team, Edmonton Oilers team, though, I mean, this is bound to happen, right? Like, maybe not, you know, get swept in the first round, but at some point they were going to lose because they have zero secondary scoring. And when I say zero, literally McDavid had four points, four games, Drysdale five points, four games. In total, the Edmonton Oilers had eight goals during those four games. McDavid and Drysdale were on the ice for five or six of those eight goals. Yeah, that the, just highlights the the rest of their team is is terrible. And and if McDavid and Drysaddle aren't doing at well, aren't getting at least one point five points a, a night, I mean, this this team is what, what are they going to accomplish? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want we're not doing an off season. What what do they do this summer? But I mean, I guess what's kind of interesting is. They do have cap space. They could add players. They also have buyout opportunities. Holland today mentioned that they're exploring buyout options. So they have a couple realms to make the team better, especially depth wise. If you have cap space, you don't, you know, you can just fill pieces and holes. But I mean, if they lose RNH, I don't know who they can find that replaces that. And I mean, he's not the craziest player, but he's at least a he's getting you 55 60 points a year top six forward and this doesn't have any right so they don't have any crazy up-and-comers bouchard's been okay holloway is probably a couple years away um i think i'm missing someone but uh i think that they have a swedish defenseman coming up they do yeah broberg i think Broberg. i think he looks pretty good so they have a couple of guys that could maybe make be impact players next year but um i think the biggest problem for them is goaltending who who are they I, Mike Smith was great in the, they, the year. Ken Holland said that they want to keep Mike Smith. I'm not against it, but they need to find someone that isn't for one year or two. They they yeah. need to find someone that's they don't. I I don't know of any goalies in their prospect system that seem it f- to be flourishing. Um, Tuka Rask is a free agent. That'd be kind of interesting if they could 
get him away from there. He's been amazing. I, I don't I just have no clue what they do. But um, I guess another thing is Vegas has Leonard and uh, but that's probably going to be picked up by Seattle. I don't know. But that for me is just as big as the lack of depth is who the heck's their goalie in four years. So, yeah. Can we give a lot of the uh, well, can we give a lot of credit to Paul Maurice here? I think I think we have to. I think we absolutely have to. I can go on for a long time about how much I love Paul Maurice, not just for his media availabilities, but he he <laughs> he has what they did for the most part was um, it changed a little bit in game three and four with having the last change, but basically the cop Lowry Appleton line or the Lowry line in the first two games. Uh, played against McDavid for the most part, especially if it was any sort of defensive zone face-off or, you know, anything like that. So, and they were great and they'd always have one forward sitting back. So they were very defensive. They'd only really have two forwards in the, in the four check and never three behind the goal line or even at the, you know, hash mark. They were only playing with a, a third defenseman, but it was effective. And obviously McDavid and dry settled, um, got going, especially in, in game four, and, uh, three and four, but they were great and they were super disciplined. Even Shifley was really good when they were matched up. That, that line that hasn't been a great defensive line this year played their butts off. And and I, I think Maurice really put the team and together and just, you know, got them to gel and really be committed to the defensive side of the ice, which they hadn't been throughout most of the year. So I think it's great, and uh, I mean, the decor isn't the most talented, but they all had a great series. I, I can't think of one defenseman that really was bad for the Jets in the series, and they needed that. And, uh, you know, I don't know what Paul Maurice does exactly with regards to kind of getting the players in check, but he, he clearly did a great job and was great at matching and didn't really sway from it because it was effective and neutralized them to the, the effect that you can neutralize McDavid and Dreisaitl. I'm going to bring Olivia into the pod right now because he is here and we don't want to keep him waiting. Can we, or what can we expect? Or, or I guess, can the Jets repeat their bold performances versus the Oilers? Can they do the same against the Habs or Leafs? And I mean, I'm going to assume it's going to be the Leafs because the Leafs are up 3 1. But hey, hey, you, you can prove still, me wrong. Do you still have belief, Olivia? Breaking my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> I still believe. You got to believe, right? Mm. No choice. No, um, sure. I, from having watched some of the games, having seen how it happened, having watched the comeback as well, that was, that was insane. Um, I think the jets are going to keep doing what they've been doing, which is just like Alex was mentioning, just like good fundamental matching every lines firing and doing what it's supposed to be, whether it's shutting down the opposition or really providing that offensive talent. If they can keep doing that, I don't see why they can't do it as well. I'm not, they're, if they happen to play the Leafs, let's hypothetically they're playing the Leafs. Hypothetically only, you know. <laughs> um, I don't think they're going to sweep them because honestly, with the fact that three of these games went to overtime, it's no. you know they they deserved it. They worked hard, but it also easily could have been you know the series could be ongoing. Yeah. Um, but congratulations to them for the sweep. Um, I think they definitely can play a hard game against the Leafs. They'll have a little bit more issues, I think, because the Leafs aren't as one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and like Mike Smith has been comparable to Jack Campbell in terms of providing the uh, the goaltending when it's required. Of course, Smith was tested a little more than Campbell has been recently, 
So even then Campbell is going to be a tougher challenge for the Jets, but I think they can definitely make it an interesting series and test the Leafs more than the Habs have since the first game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think if it'll be interesting to see with Tavares out, because I think that's a really big difference for the series for, I'm not saying the Leafs aren't, they can definitely look, they're beating the Habs pretty easily so far without Tavares basically for all the games. Sorry, Olivier. Okay. Uh, but I think it really changes the, the dynamics of it because I think that they'll play the cop line against Marner and Matthews, which I think will be fairly effective, you know, as effective as they can be. The problem is, is that if they have Tavares with Nylander, that's really another big line. And I don't know if the stats in the line with Ehlers and Dubois or um, Shifley can really play good enough defensively to hold the fort compared to obviously with, and I, I don't know, I get why Tippett um, didn't uh, brought, you know, went nuclear with, with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but I was more afraid when they were not together because it felt like there was never a let up as a Jets fan. And just by the play, the first game, they completely outplayed us because they had two lines rolling. Well, I mean, we were a bit banged up too, but, and then the rest of the series, the game's, for the most part, we're pretty even. Obviously, I think the Oilers had a bit edge of the play just because you can't have the puck when McDavid and Dreisaitl's on the ice. But that's going to be a bit harder, I think, for the Jets is if Tavares is back. They really have two, three lines that can really drive play. Well, if Tavares is out, I think you can kind of match up and feel pretty confident with uh, the the Shifley line or the you know Ehlers line against a Nylander and Galchenyuk and, you know, whoever they're playing at center. So, um, but I think they'll do the exact same thing and I think they'll be effective. I think they can win, but again, they're going to have to need great goaltending play the same way, but um, I, I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. It'll, it'll be regardless of who they end up playing. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so uh, this has been something that's been, you know been on my mind for a little while, and I don't think we really got into it in previous pods. But which player has stood out for you the most on the Jets, and which player needs to do better for the second round? Well, I think for the who needs to be better, it's it's quite an easy question. I think Dubois needs to be better. He's, I mean, he had two assists in in Game Three, but for the most part, has took a couple dumb penalties just doesn't look sharp. I don't know what it is. It's not that he's in the wrong areas necessarily or can't skate or can't, you know, move the puck or make nice plays. It just always seems there's something always off. The puck's just a bit, you know, he loses it kind of at the wrong time. Just doesn't feel like he has a lot of confidence. And I mean, you can, that's representative in uh, what happened in the, the triple overtime. They literally, the Jets literally only played their three lines with the exception that, Dubois would be taken out sometimes for Perot in the in the overtime periods. And I think that wasn't the wrong decision. I think Dubois hasn't been playing that well. Um, he's looked good on the power play, but on five on five, he's really, he's really lacked. Now the guy that stood out for me, for me, uh, I think this will be maybe a bit of a hot topic for Kieran. Um, but there's Are you gonna say Nikolai. It's definitely Ehlers. He's so yeah. good. He's so damn good. Um, but honestly, like Kieran, I think thinks I I overhype him a little bit, and and we can. No, go- no, 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 the 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 thing that I okay, so off, you know off the pod, 
Um, Alex sent me this question. If Ehlers <laughs> comes back in this series, is it a wrap? And I'm like, bro, I mean, that was, much- I'm, yeah, I, I can see your answer here. Nothing. I think that was when we were up two nothing. To be fair, it wasn't. I start the series. Kieran, I can see your answer in the doc here, and I definitely think that uh, you and Alex share different opinions on Nikolai Ehlers. No, no, no. <laughs> I think he's a fantastic player, like absolute top <laughs> six forward. He should like if any team can get him, you bring him on because he can offer you so much. He's at least sixty points a season, if not more. Um, he's a phenomenal talent. I think it's just if he comes back, like he, like the Jets aren't winning because of Ehlers. The Jets are winning because as a whole they're playing really well together. And Edmonton is just they're not able to get enough out of McDavid and Drysaddle, and the rest of their team is just Garbo. What I would say though is he for a winger kind of like Marner. I, I think Marner is probably overall better, but. Um, he drives play a lot, and you. Yeah. I really found that in game three and four with him in, you really could tell we could kind of, you know, we had the play was much more even yeah. than in the first two games, and I think he's just a huge plus. I'd say he stood out, but he kind of played the way he's played during the season in the two playoff games that he played in game three and four. The one that really, especially in game uh, four, and and I and I think. Darnell Nurse needs a shout out as well because he was just he was such a 62, workhorse. Sixty two minutes and his wife yeah. is giving pregnant his wife is giving birth. birth. Like, there and, you go. And he, then he makes it on time too. Exactly. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Oh, what a lot. What a guy. What a guy. And he was amazing in that in, in that game, but Morrissey was just absolutely outstanding. And and not only has he played great defensive hockey, he he has, he's been getting points. He's I think he has one goal and I think two assists in the series, but really been good on the power play. But just his zone exits, the way he retrieves pucks, he's just been really good and and really phenomenal. And I'm really happy because he's kind of had a couple down years since they made that cup run in 2018, and he's really turning into I think a top pair defenseman. Um, but also, there was a lot for him to step up. I mean, there was no, a huge for sure. Hole. They, like there was no one else. I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying that he, you know, took. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily him, really. You know, regressing. It. It, yeah. it was. It was more. There wasn't enough around him. He was always given a shutdown minutes, and there was only so much he could do. Although I think his play has gotten better, in general. It's just, I mean, yeah. There's only so much you could really take away from that in the sense of you lose Truba, you lose Bufflin, you lose some other top four players, top four defensemen. That's going to hurt a bit. No, I know. But I just mean this in in this series, I was like, whoa, okay. Just the way he was exiting the puck offensively, he was, he's been really good defensively in zone exits, but he's, he hasn't, his offensive game hasn't kind of taken shape too, too much in his career so far. And I, I can kind of see it coming around, especially in this in this uh, in the first round. I mean, albeit it's four games, I'm not going to say he's going to get lighted up for 60 points next year or anything like that. But I just mean the offensive game is coming along too, as well as playing great defensively. And you know, he's just such a great skater and such a good puck mover. I just I just want to. I, I think he really stood out, and I think he was a huge part of how they defended McDavid so well. And uh, you know, I'm really happy for him because uh, he's also making a lot of money, and I want that cap hit to be worth it. So, I'm I'm glad, and he's a really he seems like a great guy. So good for him. 
Olivier, what are your picks? So I didn't get the chance to watch as many games as Alex did. Um, right. Not much of a standout, but was there when you really needed him, Connor Hellebuck. And yeah. I think, like, it's can kind I, of a cop-out a... answer. It's kind of a cop-out. Don't get me wrong. I know I... that. But, like, it's hard to not pick him when you see the way he's been playing. And from what I managed to pick up from the games, he just stands on his head and can plays I give a solid game. Yeah. What? Can I give you a stats in a, the series? Please. I would love to hear those stats. 1.6 goals against oh my God. and a 950 save percentage. Right? Like, how can you not <laughs> – how can you not pick that guy for a standout player? Cause he's just yeah. reliable. It's insane. And as far as who needs to be better, again, I haven't really been watching enough to give a, uh, as in-depth of analysis of, a, of an analysis, but uh, I would probably also go with Dubois cause he's the, the few I've seen, you do notice a little bit of a, it's almost like the puck's just not bouncing his way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that he's a bad player. It's that it's kind of bad timing for a slump, right? where his puck's not bouncing his way. He's not getting his rebounds. He's not, you know, well, it's kind of been passes like are in his feet and stuff like Jets. that and just reflects on him, you know? Yeah, well, it's kind of been like that ever since he joined the Jets. I mean, right, a lot like, of bounces were not going his way. He was never, you know, always 100% confident in his own play. And, and like, we you know, know he what he can injury. do. It just took him a while to get back into the lineup and get back, you know, get going. We definitely yeah. know what he can do. And, I mean, the second round is now a great chance to show that. He can show up in the second round and be like, okay, you know what? I'll take care of this one and just go off, you know, get like four or five points in two or three games and really put the team on his back for a little bit and show them that he can be a great player for them. And it's not like if you look at his output, it's not – I mean, he still had two assists in three games. It's not like – No, but, but you just expect no, no, I, I completely agree. I just mean yeah. if that's him being bad, it's kind of like, okay, like he's clearly not a bad player. He's not – No, no, exactly. Yeah, I think it'll turn around for him in time whether it's in time for the second round or if it's gonna be longer who knows but yeah. i think he'll be a decent acquisition for the jets over the long run for sure minimally yeah, so, no for sure and uh i'm just you know and it'll be interesting I, I think next year he'll have a better year you know be acclimatized hopefully there's no pandemic or yeah exactly like it, it's got to be tough like you know we talk a lot about the stats and stuff like that here but it's got to be tough to be traded mid-pandemic to you know and another country you know like completely different and quarantine for two weeks. Exactly, like quarantine. And like, Excuse don't me. get me wrong, uh, Columbus and Winnipeg are very, very different places. Like, extremely <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what this, this sounds like? It sounds like we're. It, it sounds exactly like our Timo Werner conversation. <laughs> oh my god, we don't uh, go. No, it. we're not getting into. We it don't have time for this because I want. I have my own things to say, but we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last last thing before we go into the get to the Habs and Leafs, I McDavid reassured fans that he'll not be leaving anytime soon. But I mean, let's be honest here: there has to be a sense of real frustration um, amongst himself and, and Drysdale. I mean, personally, I would be livid. You're doing everything you can do. You almost average points a game for yeah. an entire season. You you and Drysdale get the heart trophies three or i mean mcdavid's gonna get it this season so it's gonna be what four out of three out of sorry three out of four years they've gotten heart trophies yet this edmonton oilers team can do absolutely nothing they are like the single-handedly both of them carrying this team on their back yeah there's nothing being done like it's insane to me looking at that and like the right pr move was to say no 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 i'm not going anywhere but of like whether he does or doesn't, he was going to say that regardless. Yeah. Nobody would walk into the summer. Nobody like McDavid would walk into the summer and be like, 
Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. See you well, later. I- Eichel Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Sorry? I- Eichel did that, and he's, I mean, he's not as good as McDavid, but Here's he's terrible. He Eichel hasn't made the playoffs, right? His team has been saying they're going to rebuild and then we're going to be fine this year. We're going to make it. has been Eichel's situation is a little different. I find in the sense that Eichel's displeasure has been voiced and known for a relatively long amount of time, especially after this year, they were like, we're getting Taylor hall and we're not going to suck. And then they did regardless. So he was clearly at a breaking point. I think McDavid's doing something that's a little more cautious it could be the start of a like whole flurry of things where he goes on and says, well, yeah, I am frustrated. I wanted to stay, but then X, Y, and Z factors came up. I think he means it. I don't think he necessarily wants to leave. Um, but the management's going to have to do a lot to convince him to keep to stay around or make it worth his time. Okay. I just have two points with the McDavid stuff. I completely agree with what you said. He, he's just not going to say that just who he is. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a no trade co- uh, clause or no movement clause, so he can get traded anywhere. Now, mm-hmm. going back to Dubois, he got traded for Line A, and I don't know if Line A is really liking Columbus right now. So there's a part of I, I could see how he could just. I'm not trying to rip Line A. I just mean he doesn't he have a no trade for a team that he doesn't want to go to. Exactly, and so. Is it that much worse? You have Drysaitel, who's at least a top, I think, a top ten player in the league, probably easily, easily. Yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. yeah. I, I think he's closer to ten than he is to one. But I, I, no, he's a great player. It's just if you, you yeah, yeah, I see. What you mean. There's, there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of yeah. good players in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not a slight at Drysaitel at all. I, I'd love him, but it just I can you know like I, I just think of what are the teams that have the assets to go for him. No one that's good. Like the perfect Harry price one for one. Oh <laughs> my goodness. What a trade. <laughs> that would be a blockbuster, <laughs> dude. Hey man, Gretzky got traded. Nobody's safe. You know, anything can happen. Well, Gretzky got traded because the Edmonton Oilers needed cash and didn't have cash. So that's why they traded them. They got 15 million for uh, Gretzky. Fair enough. Like the reasons might be different, but like at the end of the day, they still had literally a guy whose nickname is the great one. And they're like, nah, we'll, we'll take 15 million instead. Yeah. I get won, it. They still want a cup without him to be fair. Yeah. They yeah hundred percent. But like Yari Curry, it could happen. That's it could happen. Yeah. yeah. No. So I, I, I think if I'm them, they, they lose a bunch of cap space. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's about 5 million. They're going to try to re-sign Nugent Hopkins. Obviously, if they, they do that, they'll have much less. And Holland, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, is 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 talking about buying out guys. We'll see how that affects them um, with regards to cap space. But um, it's probably a pretty good season to have cap space, even though the talent isn't that great, just because of the flat cap and the pandemic. You can get good players for cheap, right? Especially this year. Yeah. yeah, especially this year. So you can get depth guys for way cheaper than you probably would. And that's the problem with this team. I mean, I think Clefbaum's back next year. He was really good. He was their probably their best defenseman. That's a huge add, even if he's 75, 80% himself. I think if I'm McDavid, I say I have dry sidle. It's hard to find a guy that's that good to play with. I have Nurse, who's definitely shown that he's a stud. I don't think that's going anywhere. And I'll have cap space. Let's see what they do. 
and go from there. And I should have better teammates for next year. And if I don't, then I'm like, okay, this is a gong show. I need to leave. How many years until he's a UFA? How many years? years. Who? Connor McDavid's on contract for 26. 2026 and dry title till 2025. Yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. I don't think McDavid's going anywhere this offseason. That's what I, I have to think. Come next offseason, I mean. If they if they flame out in the playoffs, I, I'm sure he's going to ask for a trade. Gonna, aren't we going to go back to our regular division anyways? I mean. Uh, hopefully, yeah. I think they want to, yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting then because what? McDavid's going to play more against. He's going to play more games against teams that are actually competent. Not like, really. That division. Okay, so in the Pacific Division, they're going to play a shitty Canucks team. They're going to play a shitty Anaheim, shitty L- Actually, LA was not terrible. LA could be uh, good in like a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a shitty. So. Santa sucks. Santa San is going nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They but that division. With that being said. They're also going to have to play a St. Louis Blues. They're also going to have to play a... They're yeah. not in their division. No, 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 but you're still playing... Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're still playing them three, four times a year. Yeah, yeah, but I just mean the way the playoffs... If they are in a horrible division, which it looks like they will be, they could make the third round easy because I, I'm, I, I need to forget it, but it's all the California teams, all the Canadian teams other than Winnipeg, so that's six... Seattle is another team that shouldn't be that that good, but maybe knock on wood, they're another Vegas. Maybe they're Vegas, and I'm missing someone. There's another team, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona. They should be by far the best team in that division, right? So, and then if you're that, then you should be able to, other than a wild card. You, anyways, you get my point. I think. Yeah, but but my my issue is that in the Canadian division. They played against teams like, okay, Calgary, dog shit. Vancouver, dog shit. Senators, dog shit for his time. Uh, Winnipeg, they somehow beat 7-2. to two. Like, I don't think they're going to get that same level of performance or, or ability to win that many games <clears throat> as they might in, a, like, when you're playing, say, yeah. each Eastern Coast yeah. team once a year or twice a year and then, like, I mean, what, four or five of the Central Division teams? I think they're going to lose to those teams. Yeah, the Central Division's just a slog. Um, yeah. But the, I just mean to make it deep in the playoffs, it's probably a bit more kind of possible with with the new alignment going mm-hmm. back to it, at least for next year, because I don't think any of those teams are that good compared. Our, Oilers should be, unless Seattle becomes a juggernaut like Vegas. Oh, is Vegas in there one? Uh, Vegas, I believe, is in Central, no? No, they're in the Pacific. Pacific. They're in the Pacific. What am I saying? There's yeah, is Arizona in the Central? No, I think Arizona is in... Oh, I, I think Arizona moves to the Central. Yeah, yeah I think when Seattle comes yeah. in, Arizona moves to the Central. Yeah, so I guess Vegas will be way better than them. Or well, very good. Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're getting a little carried away with the yeah. end of <laughs> here. Let's move on to the Leafs and Habs. Now, of course, we all saw the uh, Tavares injury. It was brutal. It was a horrible, horrible injury. Um, hope that he's all right. Um, I guess 
the impact, I mean, obviously they're missing Tavares, but the Leafs, I mean, maybe that game, the first game they lost, obviously, to the Habs, maybe they're out of it. Maybe they were, you know, lost concentration. They definitely missed some opportunities. They had some posts and whatnot. But they've rebounded since then. They've been really, really, really strong. I guess, was this perhaps a wasted opportunity for the Habs? I don't know. A wasted opportunity. I think game one with that injury, there's no way those guys just sat on the bench and went, well, let's just play hockey. They obviously had that on their mind. Yeah. And it probably had a big influence on how that game ended up. Um for the following games, you know, they probably used it as something to rally behind. You know, he's the captain of the team. He's the guy. They're going to use that and rally behind it. And they've clearly shown that they can at least, you know, put up a, put up a really good game plan and execute it very well. As far as like the aftermath of it, of the same game, Perry and Felino, I don't know. I, I get that hockey has these unspoken rules and this code and that was stupid. So on and so forth. But the Perry, that was insane. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And you can see Felino at the faceoff telling Perry, like, hey man, I need to fight you. And Perry's like, Yeah, whatever, do what you gotta do. And he his gloves are half off before the whistle even goes. He takes him off. And if you watch that fight, Perry never throws a punch. He just, you know, Felino never really lands a good hit on him either. They're just kind of doing it to show both benches are kind of cheering. And then at the end of it, I don't think there's any ill intent behind any of those. It's, it was just very, very unfortunate accident reminiscent of others that we've seen in the past where there's no ill intent. And it just sucks that it happens this year in this kind of circumstance, but it happens the game of hockey. Yeah. I just, I thought it was so unnecessary beyond unnecessary. I, before I forget, actually, um, so I was talking to some of the guys I live with, and when Tavares gave the big thumbs up, for me, the big thumbs up is, okay, fans, I'm okay, this is good, all is good, don't worry too much, get back in it, you're good. I'm going agree. Whatever. I'm agree, yeah. The lads who played hockey in my house, they told me, it's for the boys! Let's go, boys! Like, is that is that what it is? I thought it was for the fans. It's probably a bit of both, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, the, your teammates probably want to know that you're okay, and I mean, the fans obviously want to see something. And I mean, it's good to see that he was responsive and, you know, conscious at the end of that because it was a, it was a spooky scene. You know, coming from somebody well, who's he fell back on he didn't, had experiences with concussions and stuff like that. It is it was terrifying to see him just try to stand up and continuously slump over. Yeah, um, really happy to hear that there's no actual uh, breaks or damages and stuff like that. That it seems to be mostly concussion related symptoms. But um, it was a spooky scene for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you never want to see this again. Oh, God, no. It's, it's every time something like this happens, you know, this event now is going to be spoken of. Pacioretty, Chara hit when that happened. It was a terrifying thing. Same, same thing. And, and thankfully, after that, some changes were made. Maybe this will bring a wave of changes to certain things. Again, it was totally incidental. So. There's Harry nothing over him. It's just unlucky that his knee. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I just say I don't know what you really changed. That's that was just such an accidental thing. I, um, I'm not a doctor, but what I've heard is seems like what the the trainer did was right by kind of lifting him up and holding him, and which was just kind of a so. I mean, that that would be the only thing is did the doctor do the right thing or the trainer do the right thing? But what I've heard is that. It was for the most, even though it kind of looked a bit 
sus. It, it was kind of the right medical. Yeah. So approach. he wanted to get up. Not a doctor either, but yeah, I believe it was more Tavares trying to stand himself up and the medical staff doing everything they could to keep his spine and neck from yeah. moving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, I think Tavares was the only one trying to stand up. I don't think they were trying to stand him up at all. When you see Spezza come over and tell him like, Hey man, lie down, just let him do their thing. And then he calms down, lies down. Cause after a collision like that, you've got no idea what's going on. You don't know where you are anymore. You might know you're playing a hockey game. He was clearly trying to get up and rejoin the play, but he didn't know the extent to which he got injured. So yeah. kudos to the medical staff for doing what they could with this, you know, 220 pound over six foot athlete, just trying to do his thing. And you're not even wearing skates. You're just on your shoes. Right. So kudos to them for that. And thankfully he came out with a, uh, hopefully he comes back uh, with a, after a clear bill of health. Yeah. All right, so what is not working for the Habs here? I mean, we're seeing with the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have a lot of high-end talent. Their high-end talent's getting it done, but it's not just their high-end talent. Their bottom six, I mean, I, th- I think in game four, what was it? It was their veterans, I mean, Spezza, Thornton. They were getting it done. So what's not clicking for the Habs here? I think a huge part of what's not working, the Habs are – there's not a lot of fight for possession in the corner. They're losing a lot of battles in the corner. They're not getting to that loose puck. They're chipping, but they're not really chasing. They're more like chipping and then gliding into the zone. Hmm. Uh, A lot of that I think comes down to at the beginning of the season, a lot of their success came from being a really fast team coming out on the rush, two on one, three on two, three on one, and just taking shots and had a lot of shots at the beginning of the season when their success was. Recently, it's been a lot, uh, a lot different, not as many shots, whether this has to do with a coaching change or anything, or just the guys are looking for that perfect play, but uh, something's not clicking anymore. There's been a lot of lines being shuffled around. Very few of the lines have stuck together. Uh, it's, it's been, um, you can see there's a few tweaks that need to be made. And sometimes you'll watch them play the last 10 minutes of the last game. You saw them play and they were like, cool. Like they were in the zone they were making plays. They had most of the possession, most of the offensive chances, but it was the last 10 minutes of the game that they were already down three, nothing. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that? Right? Like, you know, you've already barring a huge comeback, which is possible. You know, you've already basically committed yourself. I'm hoping they come out of the gate flying for game five, because I know this team has potential, but uh, they're really going to have to put their heart out on the ice and uh, do better than they did in the past. Can you explain to me why they didn't play Cockney? That that for me made no sense. Caulfield, what about Caulfield? Yeah, Caulfield, Caulfield, I get he's only played 10 games. I would still play him. Yeah. He's been no, the most, just, every time I, he's been on the ice, he's been the most dynamic player, at least in our jerseys. I completely agree, but he's not like Connor McDavid. Like I I, I get it, but I disagree. <laughs> I, I disagree. Like I, I would have played Caulfield as well, but Cockney Emmy, like he's your third overall pick from what three years ago. Yep. All right season. Why are you? Pl- I, he has I, he has decent playoff. He has eleven playoff games, five playoff goals. Like yeah. man, when when you've scored four goals in the past five game four games, maybe play the guy that scored a bunch. So I don't know exactly. Deshalm's answer was that he was like, "We're gonna go to veteran guys. We're gonna let the other guys see how a playoff game is, and then we'll play them." And then. The game immediately after those comments, he double shifts Caulfield and Kotkaniemi, and they play almost the last 10 minutes of that game entirely on their own, which coincided with most of our you know successful-looking chances. 
it's been it's been a divisive thing within the Habs fan base. Jashalm, when he came in, people were praising him, and then he very quickly just we had the continued of mediocrity. So, do you, can, 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 I mean, I don't want to hate on this guy, but I, I I haven't really liked him that much. I don't. I really, have not either. And I, I want to ask you as a Habs fan and as a you know French Canadian and. Oh. Do they need to get rid of the the rule where it has to be? Oh a, my god, yes! French Canadian. That is, uh, that's I. The only who cares. The only guy that I mean, I think fits the bill and would be really perfect for you guys is Gallant. I think he'd be a really good coach. Um, I wanted so when our previous coach was fired, I wanted them. I was like, "Yo, who's calling Gallant? Like, I'll call him if I have to. Please get him on the line and <laughs> have something happen." And or the other one that I was thinking was, you know, Captain Kirk, get Kirk Muller. I if I had to guess, he probably saw when Julian was shown the door, he said, All right, I'm going with him because I don't think you guys gave him a chance or X, Y, and Z. And they ended up leaving as a package deal. Uh otherwise, I think it should have gone to Kirk Muller. He's done good things as far as the coaching staff goes. Otherwise, with with Dom net there, like we see a lot of what we saw with Julien and He's doing the same things, some weird uh, decisions when it comes to lineup and stuff like that. I agree with you that Gallant would be a great choice. I also know that within the Habs family stuff, Joel Bouchard, the coach for Laval Rocket, who just had their best season in history, has not re-signed with Laval yet. So fans are maybe sitting on the, oh, are they waiting to see what happens in the playoffs then to why? then put Bouchard in? Who knows? Then why fire Julien if you're going to have Bouchard? That may, I, I don't understand... This Believe whole- me, if I knew, I would tell you. I would 100% lay the whole... I'd, I'd tell you, I'd be like, look, there's a plan. I got it all here. Here's step one through step 400, but I have none of that, right? And it's as perplexing and confusing and annoying as a fan to just see these things happen and watch. I, I know the Habs fan base is very, very notorious for flip-flopping back and forth to if you win a game, all of a sudden you are the savior in the face of the franchise. And then like, you know, a couple years later, you're scoring, you know, you're setting up two goals as a Maple Leaf against us, right? So that's I'm just kind of how things go. I'm pretty sure that's the only similarity between Habs and Leafs fans is that right there. Yeah, it's just a huge, the, 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 and the media covering Montreal is heinous as well. It's absolutely insane. I don't get how some of those guys do it, but long story short, I don't know why they fired Julien to hire Julien Light and then sit on their laurels, not sign Bouchard to Laval, see what's going on there. So, I don't know. If I had to guess, Joel Bouchard, coach next year. Wow. Okay. That's kind of being hopeful as well, just because I'm hoping that he brings some change because he's had a lot of success with the Laval Rocket. And even with developing players individually, when Kakanyemi was going through his slump, they sent him down to Laval. Joel Bouchard took care of him. Kakanyemi and Laval was a point per game. I know it's a you know it's not the NHL, but like man, that's got to do something for the kid's confidence. And when he came back, he came back in time for the bubble. Look who's one of our best players in the bubble, Kotkaniemi. It's it's also hard to play well in the AHL when you're an NHL caliber player. Like not everyone does it well. No, right? absolutely agreed. And like he he was very quickly shown like most of his points were assists, which again, no disparaging it there because he had guys like Harvey Pinar and he had guys like um, what's his name? Uh, Paling, Ryan Paling next to him that he was like, cool, I'll just dish to you and you just wire it, you know? So he had success there, came back, did well in the bubble. And now 
you know, his sophomore slump seems to be continuing for the third consecutive year, but (laughs) (laughs) here's to, he has a lot of potential and maybe it resides in a a bigger role, but we'll have to see like a number one or number two center. Like I don't see him as a number one. I can definitely see him as a number two, probably most more likely going to be like a two, three. Oh, wow. Which is very unfortunate. I think like, you know, a two, Second power play unit kind of guy definitely makes sense. I think Nick Suzuki takes the number one. I think he kind of yeah. has to. I think ideally Suzuki's your number two, though. Like truthfully, like I, I like but, him. Like, a lot. is Dano your number one? No, I mean, no, but but the, the issue there is you don't have enough high end talent. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like you have to balance Dano, Kakaniemi, and like Dano, despite not having a very productive offensive year, has had great defensive output shutting down lines like during the regular season the Habs kept McDavid and Dreisaitl to like a point two or three points in the first like five six games they were not scoring against us in the last game he had a bunch but like during most of the season they managed to shut him down and even during the playoffs Matthews has one goal right now you know the Rocket Richard winner has one goal in a in a through four games Mm-hmm. William Nylander, on the other hand, has four, which is the same as the entire Habs team, but we're not going to talk about that too much. <laughs> you know, so they've shown they can do that kind of stuff, but it's going to be a question of seeing where they can develop these players and if those players can step up. Because there's a lot of potential talent, but not a lot being shown on the ice at, at the moment. Hmm. Now, with that being said, I mean, you are down 3-1 in the series. Is there any chance for a comeback? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a chance for a comeback. There's absolutely a chance. Okay, before we before we get into this a bit further, what did you guys predict? I said Habs in seven. Habs in seven, Alex? Well, I'm on track is what I'm saying. Okay, okay. <laughs> I did too, I did too. He also said Habs in seven. Okay. I think I said for Jets, I said Jets in six. Uh, and that I, was wrong. I had a flip-flop, so I, I said... Oilers in six or Jets in six. So I, I wow, what a cop out. I, well, yeah. you're wrong. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm just gonna say, I mean, Jay is gonna kill me later. Um, he said Habs in four for jokes, not working, not working just because Felix, uh, one of our so one of our roommates is a Leafs fan and he's been absolutely loving it. <laughs> but yeah, no, the the Habs and four is not looking so great right now. No, I put uh, yeah, Habs and seven. That's Habs but again, as far as a realistic chance for a comeback, if they go to Toronto, win there. Do you have fans I mean, for game six? That's the thing. We have fans for game six, which includes players' families and stuff like that. So like game six, they will be fired up. And I think because they know they can have fans for game six, they're gonna be super excited to play game five. The thing is you're down you have to win four games in a row three games in a row but yeah regardless not as again against the Leafs not an easy feat however the players seem to know this yesterday in the post-game interviews Philip Danu, Yoel Armia they all said the same thing they're like look this game did not go our way we need to forget it go to the next one come out stronger throughout the day the quotes have been coming out the guys are in the locker room and they're like you know what it's not a great situation but we did it before we can do it again Right. They they still have their head their head held up high and they're still gonna fight for it no doubt. What's the score? What's the score? Tomorrow. You predict well, it's gonna be sorry. In in the game tomorrow or the yeah. series. The game tomorrow. I'm gonna go five two Leafs. 
Oh, dude. Come on, man. I think it's over. I'm sorry. Bro. I'm going to say Price shuts them out. What? They go 2-0. 2-0. And we're going to get goals from – I really hope he plays. Um, I say Tatar is going to score, score for the first time in forever. And uh, we'll give Paul Byron another shorty. Paul but Okay. Bro, if this happens, if I call this, I'm going to lose my mind. But yeah, put, we'll go put, two put, nothing. Put five bucks down and you'll get like 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> for Tatar first goal, Paul Byron shorthanded. There you go. Oh, I'm going to go four two Habs win. Yeah. Um, yeah, realistically, up. though, I can easily see the Leafs winning this. Well, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say four two Habs. Just, just have some fun there. Yeah. Bro, you got to believe in playoff price. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, but okay, wait, wait, before, before we, uh, before we get in, before we leave the Habs and Leafs, um, Alex, sorry to throw you under the bus again. When we first wrote our script, I think it was May 23rd. Yeah. It was right after the, um, I have a rebuttal, uh, by the way, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. It was right after the first game. He wrote, man, playoff price is the real thing. I wrote two days later, Lomayas, man is good, but only can do so much to carry a mediocre team. And now we're sitting on May 26th, and I'm just like, bruv, you, you, you jinxed them. Here's you the thing, though, like, them, my dude. I didn't jinx him. I jinxed, I maybe jinxed the Habs. I didn't jinx him. Yeah, He's come had, on, buddy. He has, he has a 920 save percentage in four games. He's in, that's not have you seen good. some of those saves? Yeah. Did you see the stick save on Jason Spezza? Oh, have you seen all like 700 of the scrambles? I don't understand hockey players. They have like a second to think that, okay, the goalie is midair. Why would they not shoot it on the ground? Jason Spezza's slow brain though, guy's old. Pardon me? (laughs) Jason Spezza's on the older side. Took him a little bit longer. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. But I mean, okay, so I, I mean, obviously like I have not played hockey uh, I don't have the understanding, perhaps, but why wouldn't you just look at that and say, okay, instead of just ripping it as fast as possible, just shoot on the ground? Is that not possible? It, you don't have time to think like that. You just have time. Yeah. You see the net and you see the biggest open section of the net, which is the middle of it, and you just go, yep. And I guarantee you, Carey Price, as good as he is for somebody who's played goalie, you see a guy going there and you go, well, let's try this. And you just jump and hold every part that you can out. Okay. And just, it's, you know, it was so a lucky save. Like, it was a great yeah. save. Very uh, athletic, but it was a huge amount of it was luck. Yeah. All right. So definitely a little bit of ignorance on my part then. But <laughs> what a phenomenal save. I didn't say that. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, it was an insane save. And like, man, all the other moments where there's just a huge scramble in front of the net and all you see is Carey Price that's just holding the puck and going like, no, no, I got it here. You guys can stop doing whatever the hell you're doing. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the Matthews, whenever he gets pulled into a scrum, the guy's literally laughing. He's just sitting there smiling and nothing <laughs> pisses me off more. It's so funny. I just see him there and I'm like, oh, man. Uh, it's just so a shave, too. Guy's got to shave. It's a that move. It's like, that's just who he is. He's a bit of a loose end. <laughs> but, I mean, the other thing is, like, laugh all he wants. He scored one goal. You know? Yeah, but you're still down three more. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but 
Alrighty. Well, you can you can enjoy the playoff series because my Canucks are last in the NHL North Division. So I, I find myself in an interesting situation where tomorrow night I'm gonna wear this Habs Armia jersey. And if they lose, well then next round I'm just gonna wear my Jets Armia jersey and I'll be fine. Uh Kieran, I don't I like I know they came last, but did you know the Jets I mean uh the Canucks have more wins since the playoffs started than the Edmonton Oilers? Did you know that? <laughs> They have two wins. Oilers have none. Oh man! Did you watch yeah. any of those games? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I did not. That's, <laughs> you know I was expecting that, and that's good because man, there was pl- there was playoff hockey on. Yeah, I mean, when you have that many American teams playing right now with so many phenomenal players, I'm not gonna watch bottom of the basement dog shit Canucks. Yeah, you're not gonna Dallas watch the Utica Comet and some other team play. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. The, the Panthers, I mean, we're not going to get into that, and we do have to end the pod. Just Sam Bennett. How, bro? <laughs> no, okay. I, okay, well, I was just saying, the, I'm excited for the next Avalanche round. That was a lot of fun against St. Louis Blues. This uh, Panthers-Lightning series has been so much fun to watch. Can I just yeah, say okay. Yeah, Avs versus Vegas is gonna be crazy. Insane, yeah, if that yeah. does happen, I, but it's not. It's not West against West. It's it's one against four, two v three. So Habs or Habs, Avs, Avs words. I don't think they can play Vegas because didn't no, Vegas- no, no, they, no, no. It's, that's at the third round when they do that, Karen. Okay. So you play your division because they've only been playing their divisions even in the states, and then once you make the third round, they reseed. Yeah, yeah, but it would be 1v4, so Avs got first. Didn't no, 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 Vegas... no, they're in the same division as Vegas. Are they? Yeah. I thought they were in different divisions. Oh, Avs came more first and Vegas was second. They had the same amount of points. It was on, like, goal differential or something. Yeah. But they're in the same division. They're in the West division. Okay, my apologies. They normally aren't, though, so that's why. Yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that'll be... I mean, guys, yeah, I think uh, Vegas is going to beat the Minnesota Wild. So, you hope so. Yeah. <laughs> what uh? What are you guys' final predictions? Like Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, you know, honestly, I didn't. I didn't do a bracket this year. I, I really. I, I don't know. I just. I thought. I haven't watched just, enough. All right, just, just fire it off. Just fire it off. Gut feeling. Gut okay. feeling. Abs. Yeah. I'm going abs versus who's they going to play? Oh, Tampa. Tampa. Um, Hmm. I don't know if it works with the seeding. So if they play in the third round, that's my Stanley Cup. Lightning or Panthers? Yeah. Whoever wins that series, I think is going to go to the finals. Okay. Yeah. What did you say, Alex? Oh, I said Avs, but I think Tampa Bay could be the other team that I really like. And I, I think I, the Leafs making the finals if they get a favorable. No. Like if mm-hmm. if no no, but if they <laughs> I refuse. They were to play if they play Boston or something, which would be hilarious. But if they played Boston in the third round. Just because of seeding, I could see them beating that team. I don't see them beating the Tampa Bay or or the Avs, but any other team, I can kind of see them beating. I've got a, if it's Vegas that beats the Avs, I yeah. don't see them beating. Them. I've got the Av winning against Carolina. Go Nathan McKinnon. I think Carolina is gonna go. I mean, I was really hoping they'd do really well, and now they're struggling to beat Nashville. So I'm not having a great time watching those games, but I think it'll be Avs Carolina final. They're Avalanche can win. To watch, though. They have so much talent. Carolina or Avalanche? Carolina, Both. Carolina. Both, realistically. Well, yeah. 
man, this year they've had like breakout talent. Like Nadelkovic has just been playing insane in nets. They've been getting enormous contribution from literally everybody on the team. It's been insane. So much fun to watch. Got to enjoy it. Got to enjoy it. And I mean, I, I think we got to leave it out. We, we got to leave it there. I mean, we'll, we'll get back to it for the next couple of playoff rounds. Uh, Alex, any last uh, words? Uh, Jets in four against Leafs. It's confirmed. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, I, I honestly think if, if people sleep on the Jets in that series, um, you you might be really wrong. I think they definitely can win. Um, That'll be interesting. Yeah. Olivier? I think I will be talking to you guys next um, after or just before game seven. Uh, <laughs> Habs Leafs. Oh, and uh, afterwards, to be fair, if the, if the Habs make it, to the jets that'll also be a very fun series uh, i i was i've been cheering for you so much because i want to play you guys. right <laughs> it would be insane it would be insane uh, i i just want to end off sorry kieran but if the leafs lose this series it is oh, the most leafs thing ever it's, it's gonna be so much fun until it's it so much fun until they win it's it's never over till it's over but i think it's over exactly but yeah final words uh i'll see you guys for game seven boys Alrighty. Well, there you have it, dear listener. That is a bold prediction if I've ever you know heard one before. Uh guess I gotta leave it there. You can't really add anything to that. Game seven. Let's go, boys. But yeah, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in for this week. And we'll be back with some Champions League soccer for next pod. Uh, and we're gonna touch on the Europa League. And I see the face Olivier's giving us go Chelsea. Champions League is this weekend, so we gotta cover that. Burner talk, uh, baby. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that again. I'm done with that. Uh, all right, dear listeners, take care and thank you again.